as the word of God is about to come forth. Bible said his word does not come and return to him void, but it comes to accomplish the purpose of which he has sent forth the word. Today, God has a word for us. So I want us to pray and ask God that, Father, may your word find a place in my heart to establish. May your word find a fertile place in my heart and let your word be established in my heart. Just open up your mouth and commit yourself into the hands of God. Ask God, that, Father, if my heart is hardened, I plead your blood and I ask, oh God, that may you soften my heart. That, Father, your word will transform my life today. That, Father, I will live here filled. I will live here, I will live here filled with your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We honor you for this time and for this moment. Father, we thank you for the love that you've established today in our lives, oh God. Father, we thank you for counting us worthy and loving us so much that, Father, you continuous, continuously feed us with your word. Lord, I pray today in the name of Jesus, O God, that, Father, the heart of your people will be prepared for your word in the name of Jesus. I pray, O God, and fetter the heart of your people today, O God, and let your word, O God, fall on the ground that is fetter today in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I commit myself into your hands. I'm just an empty vessel. May you take me aside and may you speak your word through me in the mighty name of Jesus. Forever, O Lord, let your word be established, O God, on earth as it is in heaven, today and forevermore. We thank you, we honor you in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you for being here today. Amen. So, um, by the divine grace of God, I want to thank Pastor and the leadership for giving me this opportunity to speak not my word because I don't have any word for you by the word of God. Um, I don't take this podium for granted, but I ask that the Holy Spirit will do whatever he want to do today in our lives. Amen. I want to thank you also for being here today. Once again, if you are not here, there is no church. No preaching can go to the building. But it has to, it has to come to you. Amen. So just going straight to the word of God. For the past, for this whole month, we've been dealing with, this year we've been dealing with prayer. So, God wants us to pray more this year. So, God has been teaching us how to pray. Hallelujah. Oh, let's say amen. I'm not a direct. Yes. I'm not a professor. I'm a preacher now. You have to talk back to me. Amen. Yes. So, this year, God is teaching us how to pray. And we've been dealing with the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus himself taught his disciples. And I want... We've gone through so many, uh, one of them, and we are dealing with Hallowed Be Thy Name. Minister Rose, uh, Pastor Kwafu actually started, Minister Rose Love went, and Pastor Kwame used two, two weeks because he's the senior pastor. So he used two weeks to deal with his topic. And today, I, me, I'm not going to use two weeks. I'm going to use one week. Amen. Um, but the word Hallowed Be Thy Name has been taught so well to the church. And the topic that was given to me was, Hallowed be thy name in obedience. Hallowed be thy name in obedience. But because Pastor Kwame went before I, I decided to steal his topic. Last two weeks and last week, he preached about one thing is needed. So by the direction of God, I also want to talk about the subtopic, one thing is needed, part two. Part three, the part one and two was the same. So one thing is needed, part two or part three, whatever you write. Hallowed be thy name. 
hallowed be thy name. What does it even mean when we say hallowed? And what God taught me was honor. Honor. There are so many definitions that you can put when it comes to the word hallowed, but God said use the word honor. Honor be my name. So the question is, what is honor? And I look for so many dictionary definitions, but I like this one better. He said, what you put weight or value into. What you put weight or value into. So if you put weight or value into God, then you keep his command. You honor him. He becomes the most important thing on your, uh, the most important thing on your list. Whatever is so important, that is what you cherish. And that is what you pay more attention to. So the question to the church is that, what is so important to you as an individual? If it's your career, then you put 100% effort in it. If it's your wife or your husband, you put 100% into it. So if your main goal is to please the Father in heaven, then he also demands the same 100% that you put in your career to be successful. Honor be thy name. Today God is using, we're going to use two scriptures. But instead of starting from the beginning of the scripture, I'm going to start from the end. If we read the the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. Hebrews 11, verse 7. Bible says, by faith, Noah was warned about things not yet seen. In holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By this faith, he condemned the word and became here of the righteousness that is keeping with faith. First Samuel chapter 15, verses 35. One thing is needed. First Samuel 15, 35. Until the day Samuel died. Oh, sorry. Until the day Samuel died. Yeah, that's right. He did not go to see Saul again. Though Samuel mourned for Saul. And the Lord regretted that he made Saul king over Israel. First Samuel chapter 15, verses 35. The Lord regretted for making Saul the king over Israel. But when he came to Noah, his obedience turned into righteousness. That word regret carries so much weight that I have to ask myself, that have I, in my Christian walk, done something that the father will say that I regret calling you, or I regret calling you my son? Understand that Saul is just not an ordinary person that the Lord would just declare that I regret calling Saul as the king of Israel or anointing Saul of of the king of Israel. This is a man that the Lord told Samuel 
that I am sending you forth a man from the house of Benjamin. Anoint him as the king of Israel. So Saul wasn't just ordinary. He carried the anointing of God. The original anointing. But what did he do that caused the king of kings to say that now I regret that I even placed my oil upon this man? What did he do? Since that is the end of it, I think it, is, it will be appropriate for us to go to the beginning to see what he did that the Lord said, I regret choosing Saul as the king, the first king of Israel. When we read the book of Genesis, chapter 6, Bible said, I know I was a righteous man. Actually, in the book of 2 Peter 5, 6 says, Noah was, is a preacher of the gospel. And at that time when Noah lives, sin has taken captive over the entire world. So God wanted a man. And he went to Noah and he spoke to Noah. Understand this. In the midst of sin, God found a man. He was in the same place that sin has taken captive, but he was not part of the sin. God went to him and said, Noah, I need you to build me an ark. He said, okay. For what? It's about to flood. I'm about to pour rain. I want to take two minutes to explain what God is ordering Noah to do. In those days, Noah's time, it has never rained. They've never experienced rain. Bible said, and water come from the ground to water the plant. So for rain to come from heaven, it has never happened. This is the first time that Noah has, somebody on the earth has had an instruction that it is about to rain. Not what we are used to, but a different one. And God gave him instruction that I need you to build me an ark with specific instruction. I think it would be appropriate when we read, if we read the scripture. Let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And I want us to start from, the book, from verses 11. Now the earth was corrupted in God's sight and the earth was filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature and corrupt and corrupted its way on the earth. Then said God to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled of wickedness because, because of them. Therefore, I am going to destroy them among with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher, gopher wood. Make room in the ark and cover it with pitch inside the outside. This is how you are to make the ark. This, the ark will be 45 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. So Noah did not just have any measurement to use. The measurement has been given to him from heaven. And I kind of googled because I wanted to see how big the ark is. And the ark is as big as one football field. 
and a half added to it. So one and a half football field when we bring it to foot. This is how tall, how long the ark is. And understand this. He wasn't allowed to use any ordinary wood, but the gopher wood. So among the surface of the earth, he can search everywhere. But just one wood was allowed for the ark. And the, side, the height of the ark was to be four stories. So look at how huge a football stadium is. A football stadium and half four stories. God commanded Noah, just do this for me. How he will do it, where he will find the wood, he doesn't know. He heard a voice. But Bible says, and Noah obeyed. It took him 120 years to build the ark. But he obeyed what the Lord said. Now let's go to 1 Samuel and see Saul. Keep that story very tight. 1 Samuel. Verses 15. Samuel told Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people, Israel. Now listen to the words of the Lord. This is what the Lord of hosts says. I witnessed what the Amalekites did to the Israelites when they opposed them along the way and along the way as they were coming out of Egypt. Now go and attack the Amalekites and completely, completely destroy everything they have. Do not spare them. Kill men and women, children and infants, oxen and sheep, camel and donkey. Straight cut instruction. So, I need you to do this. Because the Amalekites faced fought against God's people. God said, I want to wipe them out. And he chose a man. So, carry that assignment. When he went, understand this, he did not disobey completely. He did some. He did part. But the word of God that was given to him was that do not spare anything. He said, destroy them completely. Verses 4. Then Saul summoned the troop and counted them at Telan. 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul came to the city of Amalek, of Amalek and set up an, an ambush in the wadi. He warned the Kishnite, since you show kindness to all the Israelites when they, were, when they came out of Egypt, go and leave. Get away from the Amalekites. I will sweep you among, I will sweep you away with them. So the Kishnite withdrew from the Amalekites. Then Saul strike down the Amalekites from Havala all the way to Shaw, which is next to Egypt. He captured Agar, king of Amalek, alive. But he completely destroyed all the rest of the people with a sword. Saul and the troops spare Agar, Agar and the best of sheep, cattle, and choose animals. 
as well as the young ram and the best of everything else. One thing that is needed, a season of prayer. This is what God said to me. He said, half obedience is disobedience. It doesn't matter how close you come to the obedience, to, be, to obey God. If you do not do what he said to you or finish the job, it tends to disobedience. Understand this. Saul did not just sit back and not do nothing. It took Noah 120 years, but he was able to get the job done. Saul went, gathered the soldiers, went to the Amalekite, fought them. But do you know what is interesting? What was pleasing to man, he saved it. In his sight, what, was, what looks good, the fat sheep and cow, he saved it. And this is what God said. He said, how obedient are you when I tell you to get rid of what is valuable to you? It is very easy for us to obey God when it's just the tiny things that we don't need. But the word of God that God has spoken to you, that will take something out of you. That will move you from where you are comfortable with and take you to where you want to be. How obedient are you at that time? Noah was the only righteous person. God said this to me and I was amazed. He said, son, tell my church, tell my people that if they want to be obedient, they should accept to be alone. He said there will be time that because of the word of God, everybody will move out of you. Everybody will get away. But if you stand for God, then it doesn't matter who is with you. The Lord will be for you. Noah was the only righteous man. Imagine preaching the same message for 120 years. It's about to flood. It's about to flood. Repent. It's about to flood. Noah, what are you doing? I'm building an ark. It's about to flood. 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 100 years. Still preaching the same message. Where is your God? When is it going to flood? We are tired of hearing this message. But Noah did not give up. He did not give up. He stood for God to the end. One thing that is needed is the word of God. And when it comes to you, are you obedience? Or will you be obedience to the word? God said this. He said, my people are crying that I can't hear the voice of God. But the question that you should ask yourself is that the previous voice that you heard, were you obedient to that? The previous command that God gave you, have you done that? Imagine you going to your son and telling your son that today I need you to clean the bathroom. That is not done. You go tomorrow. I need you to go and do another thing. That is not done. And you keep giving assignment, but the first one is not done. So why do you think God will keep giving you assignment if you've not, come, if you've not done what the first one is? We are on this earth, but we are not for the world. We are in a transition and what is so important is the word of God. And when the word comes to you, how do you receive that? Saul saved what was pleasing in the sight of men. Verse 8, Saul destroyed the tiny little things. The little things that had no use. He was so ready to obey that. 
The things that does not, God said this to me, and I have to say, as the Spirit of God said, He said, it doesn't matter if you obey 99% of the scripture, if you disobey one, you are still in disobedience. He said, tell my people that they can do everything, even if they serve me. Pastor preached about serving. He said, even if they serve me out of the word of God, it's not service. He said, every service that counts out of the word, it's not true service. You may do it and men will see you. You may do it and you'll be acknowledged by men, but the father does not see that. He's such in the heart. One thing that is needed. How do you handle God's voice? How do you handle God's voice? So was unwilling to destroy the things that was pleasing in the sight of men. Are you willing to crucify yourself and follow this Jesus? Are you willing? to us. I will say is God said many parents I'm just going to say what God told me to say. God said many parents are upset because their children and their wife is not submitting to their authority. But what they forget is that the word of God said the man is the head of the house and God is their head. He said it's a hierarchy. If they come to me, then I will teach them my way. He said, a wife cannot submit if there is no rules and regulation to submit to. You can be all upset that your wife is disobedient, but ask yourself, what, where is the rule to obey? He said, Bible says, children, obey your parents. This is what God said. He said, it's a ladder. First is God, then the man comes to God, and God gives unto the man what God has for the family. Then the woman, based on what the man has received from God, the woman submits to that authority, submits to what God has said. And he said, children, obey your parents, because it's from the God, and it comes to the man, and the woman has taken, it, taken hold of it. Then the children have no right than to obey the parents in the Lord. Ask yourself, do you have this word in you? And most amazing thing is that it's not because we are in disobedience, because we don't know the word. If you don't know my word, you cannot obey it. I said, tell my people to take time and study this word. Take time and hold this word. Noah held the word of God 120 years when there seems that this will never happen. Understand that the instruction that Noah received was very unusual. He said, every instruction that I give to my people, they're trying to make sense in it. But I am so powerful and I am so mighty that you cannot make sense out of what I tell you. If it is God, and if it, it is the instruction of God, then we step into it and do exactly as he said. We can pray all day. We can fast all night. But if we are not obedient to the word of God, it's cost 90. The mathematicians know it's zero. Saul did it all. But he did not come to the very conclusion 
of what God has said to him. And because of that, that was the end of his kinship. What amazed me is that when you read that scripture, the Bible says when, when, when Saul came, when, when Samuel came, the things that they've taken, they rejoiced in those things. God does not care about the material things. He cares about your obedience. So the Bible says, he said, and Samuel told him, he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Are we willing to obey God? One thing that is needed is our heart of obedience. We can sing all the song. We can preach all the messages. But if you don't hold the word of God and walk and run with this word, you will not see the effects of it. He's the God that carries keys. He carried the key of David. Bible says he's the Lord that opens door and nobody shuts. And he's the Lord that shuts door and nobody opens. He's the God that can change us, can transform us. He's the God of riches. He's the God that heals. He's the God that, Bible said, all perfect gifts come from above. So he's the God that is clothed with all things, everything that we need. But until we hold that word and run with it, we will not see the manifestation of God's word. Are we willing? One thing that is needed is for us to take the word of God and walk with it. Noah obeyed and it was counted unto him righteousness. Saul obeyed partially and it was counted disobedience. And that was the end of his throne. What are we taking today? No matter how hard it might be, if it is God, we have to stand with God. God said, God said he said, tell my people that obedience is not always comfortable. He said, sometimes obedience is, this, is uncomfortable. Even Jesus himself, obeying his father, went to the mountain of Gethsemane. He prayed and prayed and prayed and said, Father, this cup, if I have a wish, let it go. But not my will. Your will be done. Jesus himself experienced that. Let's run with this word. Hold first of the word of God. Be obedience to God. Hold his word. Because one thing that is needed is us being obedience to the word of God. Shall we please be upstanding?